Welcome to Hit Subscribe. I'm your host, Chase Alderson, Growth Marketing Manager at Recharge. This episode, we're talking to Rod Morris, co-founder and president of Love Every. We discuss how the company was created on years of child development research. Rod dives into how he and his co-founder found true product market fit in an oversaturated industry with legacy competitors. He also shares why it was so important to build Love Every with his own child's development in mind. Other highlights include scaling past six figures in an era where everyone is looking for a silver bullet, advice for brands just starting out, and suggestions for breaking through plateaus. So let's get going. Rod, thank you for joining us. Great to be here. So give us a little bit of background on yourself and about Love Every. Yeah, sure. So Love Every is a company that does early childhood education products uh, by subscription primarily. And we've been in market for about three years. I'm the co-founder and president, and I spend most of my time on revenue growth and digital and finance. Awesome. Love it. So we're just going to hop right in. Um, Love Every is one of the best kind of, I founded this company because stories. Um, I know it's all over your website, but give us the context. I think it's an awesome way to start. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, I've known my co-founder Jessica for uh, more than 20 years because she was uh, my wife's best friend growing up in high school. And um, and so we've, we've just known each other for a long time. And our families would vacation together. Jess and I would talk about business ideas. And she was busy running her last startup, Happy Family, uh, which became the number one organic baby food company in the country before she sold it to Group Danone. And I was busy taking a SaaS company public uh, where I was running half that company, a company called Opower that helped people save energy. And we were talking about this idea that she had. You know, she had had her first child. Uh, you know, I already had. Uh, twins, uh, and and she was trying to figure out the best way to play with her child. Uh, was using a toy that somebody had gifted her, and it was a purple cow that popped out of a piano. All these lights were flashing, and, and she just started to ask herself, like, is this is this all there is? Because it felt empty to her. And uh, someone close to her had handed her an unpublished doctoral thesis that was basically a survey of all the child development research with ideas of things she could do. And she had actually started putting that into practice, uh, creating some of her own products and her own toys, and was talking to me about this idea she had of like, hey, what if we we had a program uh, for parents where they could get all of this sort of just very simply, and we just took care of it for them. And I, I loved the idea. As a dad, I could totally see the value. And I said, well, how about, how about I help you start this? Um, I was living on the East Coast at the time, and, and she was in Idaho with her husband, Decker. And uh, ultimately, my family, we all moved from D.C. to Idaho and started this company up. And, uh, and we've had some nice growth over the past few years. It's an awesome story. We talk all the time about product market fit and not selling just to sell or to make money or whatever it is. You sell for a cause and there's a reason there. This It, it perfectly fits into, into that sentiment. Thanks. There's a lot of science behind this product. Um, you mentioned that there's doctoral thesis is involved and all of these kind of technical terms. Um, is it, it was clearly important for you to have the science behind this particular product, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, like uh, every product that we do, uh, there, you know, we try to make sure that it's aligned with child development principles. And it's super important to us. Science matters to us because the mission of helping early childhood be all it can be is, is what's first and foremost to us. So uh, let me just step back and just explain why like this is all really important. So sure. 80% of your child's brain 
is developed by the time they're three years old from, from like a brain mass perspective. And so the more ways in which you can expose your child to how the world really works, the richer the neural networks that are building in their brain become. And so, you know, kind of we endeavor to build products that make it easy for parents to engage with their child and actually the way the child wants to learn at a very specific time. So getting specific, both about like what the child wants to learn, uh, what they need at that time, uh, tied to their specific age. It takes some real study and some expertise and some testing. So we work with pediatric occupational therapists. We work with Montessori educators, speech and language pathologists, researchers focused on early life cognition. And you know, we, we confirm clear themes around what the children are, are trying to learn. And then we craft products designed to you know, function within those themes. And then we test them very, very rigorously to make sure also actually that, that they're fun for the children, uh, which is, is pretty amazing to see um, because when it all comes together, uh, we'll often get responses from parents where they'll say something like, you know, I was excited about this kit with these products, um, but I was really surprised because the thing that I was least excited about was actually the thing that my child was most into. And now I, I get why and I get it. And that builds confidence uh, in our subscription that the parents have. And it all comes back to the science, which comes back to the mission. So on that note, you mentioned that there's, you work with a lot of, of different experts in the fields and then the website is packed full of documentation. There's a ton of really, really cool content on there. Um, on that note of, of the, the adult thinking that the kid was gonna not like this one, turned out that they liked that one. Do you, do you find that the that the parents, the people who actually buy your product are super interested in the science or do you think that they're just excited because their kids love the products? You know, um, it was very important to Jessica and me from the very beginning that we craft a brand and an offering that was going to appeal to every psychographic of, of family. Uh, we knew that if we only appealed to parents that were going to you know, kind of gravitate towards science or, or expertise that, that we'd be cutting ourselves out of a segment of the market. So yes, absolutely, we appeal to those parents, but we've designed the brand and our marketing and our approach and, and even the way that we offer up our products uh, so that they're also appealing to parents who maybe are, are attracted to the aesthetics of the product, or maybe they're attracted to the simplicity of the subscription model or maybe they just love the way that they're seeing children, their children, uh, but maybe other people's children first respond to these products and that they like playing with them. Um, maybe because they like to be organized and have a system. There's really like a whole range of what, what different types of parents are looking for. And so we've tried to serve up uh, a set of products that, that answers all of those needs, um, depending on where our brand meets that family. Awesome, awesome, that makes perfect sense. Um, you mentioned at the front that uh, one of the original reasons for founding the company is because the lack of, of really, really integrated products in the marketplace initially. Why compete with the Fisher prices of the world or even now the Amazons of the world that sell thousands of these kids products for cheaper prices? Do you find that the, the science really does take you over the edge there? What, what's the, the mindset for competing with some of these retail giants? Yeah, you know, it's funny because when we were starting the company, uh, folks said, well, gee, this seems like kind of a very crowded, mature space. Are you sure you want to do this? And, and by the way, our first product wasn't even subscription. It was a baby play gem. And I, I don't know if you, you ever bought one, but there's, you know, more than a hundred of them if you go to Amazon and, uh, and, and, you know, we were selling one, you know, kind of, it was more expensive than all the other ones, like two X the price. And are you guys, you guys nuts? 
Um, right. But, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. We were, we were really convinced, especially after testing with families before we launched, that we were onto something. And it's turned out to be the case. What I would say is we really don't see ourselves as selling like a collection of toys. Uh, we, we really are focused on offering up a system. And a system that makes parents feel more confident, that makes their lives easier, and that also eliminates a lot of waste, right? So you might be able to go to Amazon or um, you know, a retailer and buy a lot of things off of different shelves, but if there's no logic behind it other than, um, yeah, I guess this sounds good, or hmm, this has like some kind of, it, it's kind of my, my child's age, but it's like this, it's like zero to three, you know? So I, I guess maybe it's not very specific it's very likely you're going to end up with stuff that's not only, you know, kind of aligned with your value, not aligned with your values because it's a lot of plastic. Um, but, but also it's not necessarily what your child actually wants. And so you could actually wind up spending a lot more money than just applying the system and, and wasting a lot of time and, and wasting your child's opportunity to learn. So we really think actually when you step back and think about it uh, it's, it's a great deal. And uh, also like with the content that we offer and the system that we offer and the science behind all of that, um, it gives parents a level of confidence that they don't get to tap into when they take another approach. This seems to kind of mimic a lot of what's happening in e-commerce in general, where Amazon and, and a lot of other, those other sites are, are selling products for super cheap, just kind of hoping and assuming that people will buy them just to kind of get the quick fix or whatever that is. But the the companies that are winning long-term, these D2C companies, um, those are the ones who are creating quality products. There's really good product market fit. And you actually end up do saving money because you buy one product for the lifetime rather than buying a couple or three or four different products that you're going to try. Um, and I think the, the science behind your product speak for itself. It, it really is a proven strategy. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, look, I would never sleep on Amazon. Like, uh, that's, uh, that's of a course, very, of course, very smart, very powerful <laughs> company. And you know, they, they've clearly figured out how to tap into subscription as well with subscribe and save. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think that uh, if a company happens to win the trust of its customer base um, and, and put out products that they like uh, and, and that everybody's enjoying, uh, you, can, you can end up with a great situation where you've got high retention, uh, very happy customers uh, who are interested in continuing to get more products from you. And it's only possible really if you have a, a deep personalized relationship with your customer. So you hit on two things there, personalization and uh, in winning a trust of your customers. So let's jump into, into the checkout a little bit. Walking through the Live Every Checkout is an awesome experience. One of the coolest things that, uh, that I saw is you take the name of the baby right up front, um, which is totally on that personalization aspect. So if a parent, obviously the kid's not walking through the checkout themselves. So the parent's walking through and saying, okay, you know, this is for, you know, baby Chase or baby Rod, whoever it is. It's a personalized experience right from the get-go. Was that intentional? How did you guys stumble upon that? Yeah, absolutely. Because the next thing that we do is we're recommending, you know, kind of what's, what's right based on their child's age. Right. And, um, and we want to build confidence immediately that uh, you're buying something for for your child and we want you to imagine your child experiencing this program of products and, and learning right right out the gate. And then it's, it's important for us to collect this other information, not only to recommend the right products, but also, uh, you know, we, we provide even for people who don't become our paying customers, uh, personalized weekly emails based on their child's age, uh, giving them tips of things that they can do to play with their child 
right at that moment that's that's relevant to right then. So it's it's really important that early on we build credibility and connection with the parent based on on the child's name, child's age, and and so on. So when the when they do provide the age there, you provide the range of products from zero to three years old. Is that correct? That's correct. Right now we offer subscription up to age three. Okay. So as soon as you put in the age there, your platform then can diagnose exactly what age they're at and it can start to recommend, okay, your baby is here. You should start to look at this product through the age of three. That's right. And so we take you exactly to the kit that you would start with. And then we also make it possible for you to look and see what would come next. And, and after that, uh, and then we give you different ways that you can pay for it. And uh, when we talk about gifting options, is that something that you've also worked into there? Yeah, we do provide uh, options both to gift uh, individually and also to gift as a group where different folks uh, maybe who work together or in a family can can chip in and, and put somebody on a subscription. That's awesome. How has how has subscription, I mean, it, it does make sense that in, in this product, because it's meant to be, you know, you hit this one age group, you age out of that group, you're right in the next age group. Was that something that you kind of just got lucky on? Or was that something that when you were designing this product, you, you really set out to search for and say, you know, subscription is definitely the business model that's going to work for us? Yeah, I think this was a key insight that Jessica had very, very early on was that she wanted to have something that people subscribe to, not because we were enamored with the subscription business model, although that's what I came from. I came from recurring revenue businesses and mm -hmm. have expertise there. It was because the subscription model was distinctly of service to a parent in this context uh, where we're not sending the same thing over and over again. Um, but we're actually changing it. And what's happening when we're doing that, when we're changing things based on your child's age, is we're offloading like all this like cognitive draw on the parent where they've got to like, oh man, I've got to figure out what's next. Like what, what's, that, what's the right activity? What's the right product? Um, is this product the right age? We're taking all that cognitive load off so the parent can instead focus on just sort of connecting with their child and, and, and allocating time to actually playing with them. Yeah, you say, you know, okay, my baby's now bored of this thing. How do I figure out what they're going to like more? Do I just guess and get something that lights up? Or do I actually go with some proven cognitive research that I know the baby's going to like? That's exactly right. Very cool. Um, let's get to scaling. Is is there something throughout your whole process? Uh, I believe you're you're over six figures now, which is a huge accomplishment of subscribers. That's, that's awesome to hear. But um, is there something that got you kind of on that train to kind of continue growing or is it just slow and steady success? Was it a grassroots campaign? How did you get to that point? So over the last 12 months, we've grown our subscriber base by 5X. Uh, we've, uh, we've grown pretty rapidly since we launched subscription. Company's been in market for just over three years now, um, you know, this month, uh, but subscription has been in market for even less than that. And what I would say has been essential for scaling that up is, uh, you know, kind of first and foremost, just products and and making certain that the products that we are crafting and the content that we're putting together around those products is highest possible quality and as relevant as possible. Uh, and then second, making certain that the experience that customers are having is, is something that we honor. And so we invest a lot in great customer experience and making certain that if a customer feels that something's not quite right, we make it right. Uh, and then finally, along those lines, customer experience product, we're, we're iterating constantly. We're trying to make the products better 
all the time. We're trying to you know, make the experience better all the time. Uh, so when you do that, you have high, high retention. And uh, we're proud to say that, that our subscription uh, offering is very, very high retention based on the benchmarks we've seen. And what that enables you to do then uh, is drive a growth engine. And that growth engine uh, for us uh, includes a lot of different channels, uh, whether it's organic content or organic influencer placement or you know, paid acquisition across a variety of channels. Um, we have the ability to take the customer love that comes from that great product and that experience and then you know, apply a marketing engine to it and it feeds on itself. And uh, it, it puts you in a great position to grow when you have a loyal customer base that you can depend on. And it definitely sounds like a lot of your customers lean on that content that you're producing because it's one thing to, to be able to just kind of deliver a product and say, oh, we, you know, we know based on research your baby's going to love this. But um, something that I didn't even know you mentioned earlier is sending these emails to people who don't even sign up, just being able to deliver value and just say, you know, hey, you don't have to pay us, but the value here is that we want your baby to grow and mature and understand that these products are, are built specifically for them. Um, content seems like a huge piece of that for you. It, it really is great. You know, we have more than 400,000 people subscribed, uh, you know, kind of with, with our, our personalized birthday based emails and, uh, the click to open rates on those are like, uh, averaging, I think 40%, many times much higher. And that's just a great, a great way for us to know that what we're doing is on target and highly, highly relevant, especially given, you know, today when, we're all getting like a zillion emails, notifications, messages. I think, I think we heard some notifications while we were doing this, this podcast <laughs> interview. Um, and, and so like to get somebody, especially like a busy parent to actually open that up and read it, uh, spend some time with our content. Um, it's, it's an honor that we, we can take up people's time with, with our content. It, it shows us that we're doing a good job. So what are, what are some of the challenges you've seen? Let's kind of split your, your growth. So before you started to scale, um, what are some of the challenges you saw kind of getting this off the ground? Um, it's, it's my experience, at least a lot of people I interact with aren't heavy into science, even though I'm a math and science guy. So all that stuff's really interesting to me, but how was, how have you gotten that off the ground initially? And then maybe talk about what are some of the challenges that once you got it off the ground, how do you get it to the six figure mark? Yeah, so I think the thing that I would say was critical for us pre-revenue was to invest a lot of time, care, and a lot of our money in brand. So, uh, you know, it might be counterintuitive to some to like invest a lot in brand before you even have revenue. Um, but for us, it was pretty straightforward that, that if we wanted to really create a business that we thought could one day be maybe a billion dollar plus brand, uh, it needed to be a mass brand. It needed to be one that would be resonant with lots of different types of families. So we spent a lot of time working on the name, working on, uh, you know, kind of like every element of, of the brand. Uh, we spent, uh, we spent money on, uh, you know, kind of having the highest level of photography that we could get access to, um, and, and really investing in getting, uh, incredible photography, uh, for our launch. Uh, all of that was, really, really important for, you know, kind of making things work when we launched. And then I would say, you know, things that were challenging there, um, you know, kind of like once we launched and then kind of getting to scale uh, with, with subscription is, uh, you know, kind of just really figuring out paid acquisition, like just takes time, right? Early on, it's easy 
um, because there's just like so many potential customers out there. Somebody's going to like what you got. Plus you've got your friends and family supporting you. Um, but then like kind of once that runs out, uh, you start to realize that, um, you know, creative velocity, uh, experimentation, uh, just become more and more important. And so for us, I think it was, it was a pivotal moment when we were able to raise our, our series B financing, uh, which was led by Mavron, uh, a big consumer VC fund, and uh, also participation from Google Ventures, Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, uh, an education fund called Reach Capital. Um, we were able to then bring in uh, some really uh, strong marketers and, and growth folks and, and just other people across the business to really help us scale this thing uh, that much faster. Awesome. That's great insight there. Um, so closing out a couple questions for you. Um, what is a piece of advice that you'd have for a brain that's just starting out? I think first and foremost, I would say uh, knowing your mission, being really clear uh, as a founding team, what your mission is and, and, and committing to that and everything you do is important. If you're not focused on your mission, you're not going to make amazing products. You might do a good job, but, but unless you're really clear about the mission, you're going to make compromises somewhere. And you actually simplify decision-making. You bring in people who care about what you care about. It becomes a force multiplier for your whole team when you're focused on the mission. And when you're creating great products as a result, and when you're defined by your mission, you actually end up differentiating in the market. Uh, you don't have to worry about falling into this bucket of direct-to-consumer businesses that all kind of have a sameness about them. Um, because the mission ultimately comes back to you and what you care about as a founder. So I would say mission, mission, mission. That's, that's what to focus on. I've been preaching mission. I always call it the why quote unquote, you know, all those kind of things are, they're total differentiators. It's, you said you spend a lot of money on brand, a lot of time on brand. That's not counterintuitive to me at all. You have a really solid brand. You have a really solid mission. People, people flock to that. It's honesty and genuine. People love that. Um, what about advice for someone who's trying to scale a larger business, how to scale up to a hundred thousand customers? I mean, I think that, uh, there's, there's nothing more important than understanding how people are learning about your brand and your products and what they're saying to each other. Uh, and then tapping into that, uh, in your marketing engine, whether it's enabling more of those conversations by sharing compelling content, uh, or, you know, kind of like having a, a structured program for, for sharing out what you're doing on social media or when you're thinking about your paid and, and what you're experimenting with and your creative, making sure that it's tied into what you're hearing from your customers. I'd say that's all incredibly important. Like the customer is always going to tell you what you need to know uh, and then you need to be able to execute on that to get to that scale point. Awesome. Very insightful. So you coming from a subscription background and you now running a subscription company, I, I have high expectations for my last question here. What are you subscribed to? Well, um, so content wise, I'm, I'm a huge Substack subscriber. I think I'm, I'm getting like emails uh, from, I don't know, maybe like five or six different folks. So I'm, I'm, I'm paying for their emails, which I never would have believed I was going to do that if somebody told me <laughs> a year ago. Um, physical product wise, uh, you know, I, Harry's razors, quick toothpaste. So they're, they're dominating my bathroom. Uh, I've been trying to you know, drink a little bit less. So I subscribe to Curious Elixirs, which is a non-alcoholic cocktail based out of New York. Um, those are really tasty. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the, the very old school subscription that I do 
is physical newspapers. So I actually like uh, paper as a form factor for the news. And I like to have my kids see me actually reading a real newspaper because otherwise I could just be looking at my phone and they don't know what I'm looking at. And right. it, it's, it's something that we can talk about in the morning when we're having breakfast. So if I had to pick one subscription above all, I'd probably pick physical newspapers, but um, there are lots of things uh, where subscriptions improve my life. That's so interesting. I, I it's some of my earliest memories. I remember waking up and reading newspapers with my dad. So yes, that's a close to home one. Very cool. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Rod, for joining. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Chase. We want to thank Rod once again for joining us. If you're interested in Love Every, you can head over to loveevery.com. If you're looking for more of our episodes, check us out at rechargepayments.com slash hit subscribe. And to get the latest episodes, remember to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening from.